Welcome to Modus Cafe. Join us for fun, lighthearted, and educational conversations around training, athletic longevity, and the human side of climbing with your hosts, Mercedes Pallmeyer and Katya Dev. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Modus Cafe. And what we thought we would do today is actually a follow-up episode to the one that we aired last week. And last week, we talked about the benefits of strength training. Both Mercedes and I love to strength train. She's been doing it for a very long time. I started strength training, like really like heavy lifting when I was 39, and I love it. And so we thought we would do a follow-up episode today, uh, not talking about the benefits of strength training. If you're interested in the benefits of it, go back and listen to last week's episode. Today, we want to talk about um, really who strength training is for. And, you know, I'm going to give it away. We think it's literally for everybody and how you can modify strength training to your own needs and to the needs of your body. And with that, I will get started. The first question that I want to talk about is what are the requirements in order to get started with lifting, really? When we talk about strength training, we often think about lifting. And the first requirement that I came up with is you need a body. You need a physical body that is mostly healthy uh, at any age, any body shape, any body type, any gender, anybody can weightlift. And I said mostly healthy because, of course, if you're severely injured, that will you know impair your weightlifting, at least most of it. You might still be able to do some. But if you have any chronic injuries or mild injuries, depending on the lifting that you do, it can actually also be beneficial. So the second thing that you need in order to start lifting is, of course, you need weights or a gym. These could be, you know, you can have weights at home. And some people have a home gym. Some people have really nice home gyms. Or you need access to a gym. Of course, you need that. And the third thing that you need in order to start lifting is a growth mindset. And really what I mean with that is you need to be willing to start somewhere be willing to learn and be willing to be patient with yourself as you start on this journey. I have two optional requirements. They're not required, but they can be really useful to have. One is stoke or motivation. The reason this is optional is actually because you don't actually need motivation in order to get started. Sometimes motivation comes after you've gotten started especially with something that you might feel nervous about, that you might be procrastinating, that might make you feel uncomfortable. I think for a lot of people that might be weightlifting, it might be hard to get motivated if you don't even know what it is like to do and how good you might feel afterwards. So with something like weightlifting, I would not wait, or I often suggest to people to not wait until they're motivated. I suggest to just get started and see if your motivation follows. And often it does follow. Um, once we get started. And the last one that is not a requirement, but it's really useful to have is community. Of course, if you have people to go and strength train with, everything will be easier um, if you have a supportive community and perhaps also people who you can learn from in terms of, you know, how to do things, what to do, and also just have fun together. But the most important thing that I want everybody to know is that whether or not you have a community of people to strength train with, you belong to the gym just like anybody else there. You do not need to be ripped and in your 20s to go um, strength train at the gym. Most other people who are at the gym, they honestly are so focused on themselves, they are probably not even going to watch you. Some people might watch you, 
but they might not even care or they might be really impressed or inspired by you going to the gym and just getting started. And you might really inspire other people by getting started, um, even though you might not be that 20-year-old that already looks really ripped without ever even having touched a weight. So I just remember feeling this. I remember feeling like I don't know what I'm doing. Everybody's going to laugh. I'm going to injure myself. And we're here today to tell you that it's not true. And we're going to give you some tips on how to get started to make your journey easier as you um, get started weightlifting. And with that, I'm going to give Mercedes the floor, unless you want to add anything to my requirements for weightlifting. Not really requirements. Um, I was thinking about the types of people that we envision when we are, when we think about weightlifting or lifting heavy. Um, and you maybe you have a certain vision for how your body either maybe looks or feels um, when you're maybe considering strength training. And like everyone's body is going to respond differently to strength training, like how much muscle you, you build, um, how the body changes. But I think everyone is going to feel the same internally when they start strength training, which is just this capability and like just the feeling of being really strong um, and more capable. I think that is inspiring for a lot of people, even within their first like four to six weeks of training that I feel like a lot of our members and clients actually say that within like the first month of lifting, how different they just feel, you know, and I think that might be the best reason to start strength training. Um, you know, we, we tend to focus a lot in our society on aesthetics and that's, that's a byproduct, but I don't think that that is a, like the core reason why, at least why I lift anyway, you know, I, I really love feeling so capable in my life and in, in movement and in climbing. Totally. And I think it can be, um, very empowering, especially for women to feel strong. Yeah. Yeah. Which is also why I think, especially with lifting, exactly for what you described is how it makes us feel on the inside is why sometimes motivation follows action. Mm -hmm. We get motivated to keep doing it after we got started. Okay, but because we're here today to really help people get started and help them help people figure out how to get started and maybe also modify exercises and like even what to do at the gym. Um, let's get started. Um, let's say Mercedes, I have never, you know, lifted a weight in my life. I feel nervous about it. I don't know what I'm doing. I go to the gym. My gym especially has so many weights and all the things to do. And I feel like one, I don't know what to do. And I might feel like oh, I need to do all the things in order for weightlifting to even work. So what would you suggest to someone like how often a week should I go and lift? And what kind of exercises should I start with? Yeah, so let's say if you've never lifted before, uh, definitely avoid what you see, what you see most people do in the gym. Like, don't stay away from the barbells, stay away from the heavy weights. Even though that's where that's where your journey journey is going to take you is to some of this heavy lifting. You do have to start with the fundamental movement patterns. Um, so, in the last episode uh, of strength training, we talked about the five major movements, and so I'll just like reiterate that again uh, because it's just it's such a simple framework. Um, 
And you don't have to make things complicated uh, when you get to the gym. I think people get a little lost about what should I do? So if you're ever feeling confused, come back to these five. So we are looking for a squatting pattern. We're looking for a hinging pattern, some sort of upper body push, an upper body pulling, um, and then something for your core um, or spine, essentially. Um, I could go a little bit deeper into what that means. Uh, so with any of these, you're looking just for the pattern. And if you have no experience, then scale it to, I would say, body weight uh, for most of these exercises uh, for the lower body. And then for the upper body, you might need to use some dumbbells or uh, an assist with a band. Or if you have machines at your gym, you could kind of trend toward uh, those machines. Um, but let's talk with the about the squatting pattern first, because that's like that's kind of easy, and a lot of people understand what a squat is. Um, and if you think about any squatting pattern, it's really like if we think about daily movement, you squat every time you sit down at your desk um, or you sit down for a meal, and then you get back up from that. That's a squat pattern. Uh, so we we are naturally pretty good at squatting. Um, but we're not always good at squatting with heavy weight. So what you could do is just first start with body weight and use a box to squat to, and then you can stand back up from that box. And you could have that box a little bit lower than maybe what your chair would be at home. Um, just to get used to being a little bit lower in that squat and, um, you might pick up some things about the movement such as looking down at your legs, if you notice that they wobble a little bit, that's going to be normal when you first start strength training. Um, but you want to make sure that they don't wobble too much. So really focus on good form, keeping everything in alignment, and that you're not hinging for uh, letting your torso come forward too much in the squat. So body weight squat to a box would be the first very basic movement that you can work on that you'd probably be very capable in and just work on that movement, you know, and then, then there's a hundred different ways to make that pattern harder. You know, you could either add weight and not get rid of the, the box. Um, you could get rid of the box and not add any weight. Uh, it's really up to you. And there's hundreds of variations that you could find on squatting patterns. And so what about for people who feel really comfortable squatting with their body weight already? I think so one of the things that Mercedes and I love to do, and especially in our membership, is we love to teach people all the different progressions and regressions, meaning most exercises, you know, come on a continuum on a spectrum that we can you know work on so that means if there's ever an exercise that is seems too difficult for you the chances are good there's a modified version that you are able to do and that is what you need to find for yourself but at the same time you also need to find a version that challenges you and we're going to talk about how hard things should be in a minute but mercedes maybe just like as an let's say with the squat just can you give us a few more um, variations if someone is really good just you know body squatting body weight and yeah. what is sort of like what are like a few more good exercises that those people could do yeah uh the next one like one of my favorite starting points like if i ever take time off from lifting um and come back into it i always come back to the goblet squat um it's essentially you can use a weight in you're holding the weight by your chest it's uh, underneath your chin and you squat 
in that uh, position. And the depth is really up to you. Uh, I am a big fan of what we call ass to grass squatting, um, but I come from a very athletic background. And um, I think at the time when I was an athlete, I really needed that full range of motion. But for most of us who didn't grow up playing a ton of sports and weren't like athletes uh, when we were young, we don't necessarily need that full depth because uh, it could actually just lead to more issues down the road. So just go to a depth that feels really good. Uh, there's so many technical cues and refinements to make a squat perfect. Um, like I'm not saying that the squat is a really easy movement, but we're all we all understand what the squatting pattern is. Um, so just be safe with it um, and. You know, I think 90 degrees in the in the knee joint. And when you when you look at, uh, you know, I like taking video. All of our clients take videos of their their strength training, and what we're looking for is at least hips and knees parallel when you go down in a squat. So if you're trying the goblet squat, go as far as that. See how it feels. If it doesn't feel very good, that's okay. You don't have to go that deep. Um, because again, you're like easing into it. Um, yeah. And if you are very capable, then goblet squat as low as you can. Uh, from there, front squat is awesome. I like any kind of barbell lifting because you can load it up really heavy. Uh, and that's really what strength training is, is how like try to lift as heavy as you can for the amount of reps and sets, uh, that you're trying to do. Um, so the, it's really easing into barbell squatting it's in the last progression would be back squat where the bar is on your back uh, and that is that's really the way that you can lift the heaviest in a squatting pattern um so if you're capable like that's kind of your goal try to get to a back squat and feel comfortable doing that awesome that was really wonderful thank you mercedes and we also just talked about maybe just doing an episode on each of these movement patterns, like one episode all together where we dive into squatting, where we dive into the hinging patterns and pushing patterns. Yeah. But today we just want to give a summary for people who just want to get started because as Mercedes actually like naturally talked about quite a bit is um, movement is so important. So for you to just get to the gym and not even start heavy, like, you you know, putting heavy weight on comes after you learn the movement. What's really important, especially if you've never lifted before, is you need to learn the movement first. Um, it's similar to climbing. You know, when you start climbing, what you need to learn first is the movement of climbing. So lifting is actually quite similar. And so even just going to the gym and just doing really easy versions of everything and really easy ways is a great way to, one, you know, get used to the movement, but also get used to going to the gym, feeling comfortable at the gym, making the gym, you know, a place where you like to be. And then you will naturally progress to harder things. And as you start lifting, you might have specific questions. And once you have specific questions, other people, coaches out there are more able to help you um, once you have already gotten started. Okay, this is wonderful. So we just talked about the squad. Let's briefly give everybody um also, one exercise, one or two exercises for the four other movement patterns that we look for. Yeah, <laughs> the the hinge is the next one. Um, and this is actually a very, I would say, the most complex movement that most people uh, will encounter because for some reason, maybe it's just our lifestyle, we don't really understand how to move our pelvis. Um, 
and how to control our spine when we're moving our torso forward. So this, I would say, is the most complex, and you really have to go slow with this because um, with any strength exercise, if you move more weight, if you're lifting heavier than your tissue can handle, that's when you run into issues. That's when you can get injured. So the hinge is the one I'm going to say caution. Uh, go real slow with this. And the beginning movement really is what um, is the the teaching movement, which is a hinge with a stick on your back. Um, and I can link a video to the, uh, the instruction that I have uh, that I get a lot of my clients to do. And really, it's just learning how to hinge and keeping your back straight-ish against the the stick that's on your back. Um, and so that's a body weight hinge pattern. And you're just trying to get really good at that. The The thing that I really like, the next progression that I like with that um, is not actually single leg. I think a lot of people uh, tend to go to single leg work really quickly without really understanding the movement. And I, I want to keep to two legs. Um, and continue to increase the weight because at some point your body starts to understand if if it's actually if you're loaded enough if you're carrying enough weight in the hinge pattern your body starts to understand oh this is what i'm supposed to do mm. uh so uh body weight isn't always the best because you might not feel the movement and uh so the next progression could be you hold dumbbells in your hands and you do that hinging pattern and your body might find that correct positioning in your lower back. Um, and then I am actually, you know, I was a big proponent of barbell deadlifting. Um, and I think it's really good if, if your body proportion makes sense. Um, so deadlifting is one of the, you know, exercises in powerlifting, same with the squat. Um, and they have to use a dead uh, a barbell for the deadlift because it's part of their sport, and that's how they get measured uh, in their sport. But for the most for most of us, we don't we're not participating in that sport, but we're using the pattern to get stronger. And rather than using the barbell, I actually ask people to use a trap bar instead. The difference is when you're using a barbell, you really have to hinge forward quite a bit to get the bar over your knees and along your shins. And depending on your leg length, some people who have really long legs, uh, they're going to have to hinge forward even more. And this could potentially put a lot more strain on the lower back. So with the, the trap bar, what it looks like, it's like a hexagon bar. And it leaves a lot of room for your legs to bend forward. And knees bending in a deadlift is good. There's a stiff-legged deadlift and there's just the classic deadlift. Um, and for both, you can use the trap bar and you're going to notice a lot more freedom of movement, less pain in that deadlifting motion. Um, so I actually would prefer that people go to the trap bar as, as kind of like the, the top end um, exercise we're, we're shooting for. Um, yeah. So that would be my, my very, my recommendations. The, the easy one is hard. It, it's still going to be difficult. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. As we said, like, you know, movement comes first. So we're starting with really just like the stick is a really good idea to just practice the hinging motion. 
I'd like to offer one tip for um, using dumbbells, which is a good idea to start with. And because dumbbells are nice too, because they come at also really small increments that you can just, you know, work yourself up to. When you use dumbbells, naturally the dumbbells will be further, like closer to the floor and further away from your body as compared to um, a barbell. Um, I hope this makes sense. Um, essentially, you have to lean over a lot more in order to pick them up. Not everybody is that flexible. So you can just put the dumbbells on as on something like yeah. a small box or something. Mm-hmm. If it's um, too far for you to lean over, because that would be a different exercise. So yeah. you can just put them on something and lift them up from a box and do your deadlift starting there. Yeah, like partial range exercise just like we talked in the squat like you don't have to go all the way down in your squat Mm -hmm. to get benefit from it it's the same thing with the deadlift partial deadlift starting at knee height is also totally fine you know yeah I wasn't even thinking that far but yeah totally Mm -hmm. just thinking I mean you are very flexible Mercedes but you know not everybody's able to lean over and pick up dumbbells and certainly not once they start getting heavier it's a very like far end you know, range of your emotion to pick them up can be quite difficult. So I just wanted to offer people an alternative. If your flexibility is preventing you from doing that, just put your dumbbells on even a chair or a bench or a box. Yeah. And I know, I don't think these kinds of people maybe listen to our podcast, but there's definitely like the diehard lifters or people who read these articles who are like, oh, you have to move in full ranges of motion mm-hmm. with the with heavy weight in order to get strong and yes that's true for certain types of people if you're getting paid for a sport or you're maybe a college athlete it makes sense to really push your body in that way and get really strong but again like the goal here is let's get strong for our bodies and what we're trying to do and we don't need to increase the risk by going to full ranges of motion and pushing our body that way, especially when our body has not been prepared for that. You know, a lot of us are adults getting into lifting. Um, And so just keep that in mind. Don't ever feel pressure because you see this on Instagram or on TikTok. And, you know, like there are trainers who really, yeah, who really talk about this stuff and forget that there's a huge population who yeah. aren't capable of doing that yet. You know, we gotta gotta ease into it. Yeah. Do you know what it reminds me of? Because I like analogies, as most of you who are listening know by now. But it's like almost like you want to learn a new language. And of course, the best way to learn a new language is through immersion. You go move, you know, to a country where no one speaks your language and you only are um around people who speak that other language. But that is not for everybody. <laughs> Not everybody can just quit their jobs and go live in another country just to learn that language. The question is now, if you start learning another language at home, maybe the conditions are not perfect the way you go about it, but you're still going to learn so much if you take a language course, you know, in your home country. And so I think that's a little bit similar in that, um, yeah, there might be some benefits to going, you know, doing full range of motion, but it's certainly there's so many benefits and not doing that too. Mm-hmm. So it's not black or white. Yeah. Especially like me, I have, a, I have such a deep background in strength and conditioning and I'm, I like, I've always been, you know, really like pushing full range of motion. And it's just been in the last couple of years that I'm like, oh, uh, actually most of our clients don't need it and they could actually mm-hmm. get stronger 
by not going to full range of motion. Mm -hmm. They can get more benefit from just easing up on on the movement and going heavier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. So it's almost mm -hmm. like, in my analogy, it's almost like, you know, moving to this other country to learn this language is actually maybe preventing you from actually learning the foundations of that language. Maybe you can learn the foundations of your language actually in your home country. So by not going to the end ranges of that motion, maybe you're actually able to learn it better and you get more benefits initially. And then if you decide to become a power lifter and you really want to go into that, you know, mm -hmm. realm, then you can always work on kind of like the last 20% of right. your motion. So mm -hmm. as mm -hmm. I said, this podcast is really just um, to get people started. Yeah. That was great. Thank you. Um, mm -hmm. So let's see what our time is saying. So I think we have we have some more time. Let's definitely talk about the three other movements. Okay, we'll um, go real quick with these. Yeah. So upper body is going to be a little difficult because, you know, if you're starting, moving your body weight might be very challenging. And so doing push-ups could feel really hard. Doing pull-ups for a lot of people feels really hard. Mm -hmm. uh, so you're going to have to scale these. Um, with the push-up, you could start with an elevated push-up uh, where your hands are on a box or a bench and you can do push-ups from there. I would say even a, a simpler exercise to start with is uh, chest dumbbell chest press from a bench. Uh, so those are two good starting points. The, the benefit of the push-ups is that you also get good core engagement, which is great for climbing um, and just general health. Uh, so, you know, like up to you, but make sure that you're practicing really good form. Um, and actually I have a book on body weight strength training. Yes, Katya. Great. What is yeah. it called? <laughs> uh, so the book is called Simple Strength. Um, it's the three basic movements for outdoor athletes. And I talk about form for the bodyweight squat, the push-up, and the back bridge. Um, so if you want more in-depth technical breakdown of the push-up and the squat, you can pick up that book. Um, okay, so the the goal exercise that we're really moving to with the push is the bench press. Uh, this is definitely going to be a, a more intermediate exercise. And then as you lift heavier, it'll be more advanced. Um, but start again with with the dumbbell chest press or the push-up. For okay, the professor, uh -huh. Professor yes. Mercedes, can I please uh -huh. ask a question? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're so knowledgeable. There's a question. It's just a topic that comes up a lot between me and my clients. And of course, I know the answer. You know, I'm going to be honest, but I want you to talk about what are the benefits of, okay, back up, Katya, take a breath. We mm -hmm. talked about doing the push up. If you can't do a push up, you said one easier exercise for a pushing motion is using a dumbbell press. So you're lying mm -hmm. on the bench and you're just pressing up with dumbbells. Mm -hmm. But you also said, you know, for people who might not have that equipment, another easier version to start pushing, a pushing exercise is to do an incline push-up. Now, why did you not suggest a push-up on your knees? <laughs> yeah, uh, because finding that tension or maintaining tension in a push-up and what i mean is like you know when you're starting a push-up you're in a plank position uh and when you start to bend your arms and push up the first thing that happens is that your hips will dip down toward the ground 
and that is um, poor movement control. And what we want to do is actually train the control of your body as you're doing the pushing motion. And by doing knee push-ups, if you're just targeting your upper body, you can do knee push-ups. That's okay. I'm okay with that. But if we're really trying to like train a push-up, you have to train the push-up. Don't try not to modify the push-up too much. Um, so I prefer holding that tension in that plank, uh, but elevating the the position so it's easier on your upper body and you can learn how to create and keep that tension in the plank as you're moving your arms. Um, so that's my preference. And again, it, it's okay if you want to do knee push-ups, but that's yeah. not what I advise. Yeah. And I think what's important to mention here is that a lot of our listeners, they are climbers, uh, we should say. So most of the listeners probably don't want to just work on their upper body, but, um, you know, creating the tension on the wall um, through a strong core is really, really important. So, you know, mm -hmm. choosing a version of a push-up that meets you there um, might be a good idea. Yeah. For most climbers. Mm -hmm. Okay, wonderful. So we have two more. We have the pull-up. You're probably going to talk about the pull-up next and then the core. Yeah. Uh, so the pull-up, uh, in the last episode, we talked about maybe focusing more on a horizontal pull, which is uh, like a, any kind of rowing movement. Um, and I, actually, I would say that the row, kind of like the hinge for the lower body, the row is also maybe the most complex for the upper body. Um, it's a little bit harder to find good variations uh, that you can easily do as a beginner. Uh, so this one has a learning curve to it um, because rowing positions often need a hinge pattern as well. Okay, so that, that's why it is so complex. Um, but a good starting point, um, and I'm actually going to like, this one might be surprising, but it's a chest-supported row. So what you're doing is the, the bench is at an incline, maybe at 45 degrees, and you put your chest against the back of the bench, and you have dumbbells, and you just pull the dumbbells up to your chest. Um, I think that is the easiest version. It doesn't strain your back. Um, it doesn't strain your neck. And really all you're focusing on is trying to get that movement hands up to the chest. And it's really hard to screw up. Um, but you do need to be comfortable with how to get into the bench position. That can be kind of weird. Um, and holding dumbbells as you're doing that. So that that would maybe be the challenge of that exercise. But I love that one as a good starting point. And you can make that really heavy. You can, mm -hmm. like, I still do chest supported row um, because I really like to, like, build my mid back and even, like, my upper back. Um, so I use that one still today uh, and I go really heavy with it. The other variations that you could do is um, an inverted row where maybe you use a TRX or uh, rings, even a bar at a lower position, and your body is uh, inclined. You know, like you're, you're not like fully horizontal, but you're up maybe at 45 degrees and you're rowing um, your body up to the handles. Um, so it's very different. Uh, you know, you can start to see these movement patterns as slightly different. The dumbbells, we're moving the dumbbells, whereas with the body weight stuff, we're moving our body. 
Uh, so some can feel more challenging because of that aspect, that the body weight aspect. Um, so I think for you, just like choose what feels the easiest entry point. Um, so those are the row patterns, but you could obviously do pull-ups with a band. I don't love it, but it's easy. It's easy, easy to do. So you can add a couple bands to your foot mm -hmm. um, and, and do pull-ups. Um, the pull-up, I think, is a very complex movement. Again, just for the movement of the scapula, a lot of people mm -hmm. do it wrong, but it's okay. Don't don't be afraid of that. Do the movement and just make sure it's not too, too hard uh, yeah. and your body will start to figure it out. Yeah, it's interesting that he said, actually, a lot of people do it wrong and it might be a good point a good place to point out that it's also okay. You know, again, yeah. it doesn't have to be the perfect movement. Um, and just think about it, you know, all these people at the gym, you know, let's say 90%, I don't know if you want to give it a number, but a lot of people have been, you know, they, they don't do pull-ups perfectly. Let's not call them wrong. It's not about right or wrong, but they could, you know, improve their pull-ups. I'm still working on my pull-ups and I believe Mercedes is too. So we're not saying we can do them. We're just saying it's a really difficult exercise. But um, that also means all these people are okay. You know, all these people, you know, doing pull-ups, not the perfect way, are still doing pull-ups and getting stronger. And I'm just sharing this with you because if you're someone who's worried about doing things wrong, this might help you get started and just being like, hey, only if you get started doing these movements, are you going to teach your body how to do them? Only then are you going to learn how to do them. Um, it's, I'm going to break this to all of you listening who are worried about doing things wrong, getting started is you will get it wrong when you get started because this is very much what learning is about. Otherwise, we wouldn't be learning. It will never happen. There's no webinar, no instructional video or nothing that will make you do a pull hop perfect the right the first time. That's just mm -hmm. not going to happen. I think bringing that growth mindset, that's what I mean, bringing that growth mindset to the gym and really going in with, okay, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm here to learn. Um, and then you start practicing. And the other thing, actually two other things I want to say for people who are really interested in um, learning how to do pull-ups because Mercedes and I, um, we are revamping this course that she has. It's called Pulling Strong. We're going to make this a group coaching program later this year. But I believe it's also up for sale as a self-guided program right now. Um, so if there's something you're interested in, you want to get more instructional videos to learn more about it, you can check that out. I know Mercedes, I like to call her professor because she's so well studied and experienced when it comes to, you know, weight training and lifting. And I always learn something when I talk to her. So that is actually a pretty low cost option to get started. Or you could join us later this year um, when we do our group coaching specifically on just like how to pull, you know, it's called pulling strong. So check mm -hmm. that out. And then the last thing I want to mention about pulling before we move on to core is like when Mercedes um, talked about using a bench assisted row, you know, you can start with five pounds. Like you, that's a nice thing again about dumbbells is you don't have to go heavy. You just find yourself a bench and get five pounds. Five pounds are really easy um, to get on the bench with. That's what Mercedes said. It can't be challenging to get into the starting position with a heavy row just because um, sometimes our biceps and like the rest of our body are more limiting than our, you know, back muscles, what they can do. But if you get started on this, just start with five pounds, 10 pounds, that will be easy to get into plenty of weight to start practicing the movement. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Okay, awesome. Yeah. So let's move on to the last one, which is core. 
Um, and this one in my mind is actually split into two. Like really what we're trying to do is support the spine. Uh, so when I think of core, uh, I think I need to find a new word for core, mm -hmm. uh, for, for what I'm trying to get at, but it is moving the spine or keeping spine under tension. Um, so easy entry point is the plank. I love the plank. Everyone can do it. Anyone can do it. And a lot of people do it pretty well, um, especially for their first time. So um, I, you know, the if you can hold a plank for 15 seconds, that would be a good starting point. The goal would be up to two minutes like that, you know, like that in and of itself as a core exercise for climbing is fantastic. I still get my advanced climbers to do elbow planks uh, for, you know, one to two minutes at a time. Um, I think it's it's a wonderful exercise. Um, so that would be an example of uh, like a tension exercise that we're trying to create stability around the, the torso and the spine. The opposite of that would be uh, creating movement in the spine. So it's the opposite of a deadlift. It's the opposite of everything that we're trying to do. Um, and that's bending the spine with control. Um, and the the forward fold, which is the J curl, I love that. I love that exercise. Uh, anyone, again, can do it. There's a version that you can do against the wall that is an even easier variation. And I even had to go and retrain my J curl after I kind of hurt my hip. And that was the variation I started with. Um, so you could really feel the articulation of every spinal vertebrae peeling off the wall. And the J curl really is just like teaching the body of the spine how to bend. You could do back bends as well or side bends. Uh, any of those would be, uh, would kind of fall into that category. And those exercises, you don't have to go heavy. I, I do like to explore heavier, um, heavier weighted spinal bending, but only after you've done a lot of repetitions of body weight or even very, very lightweight uh, spinal bending. Um, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Awesome. Wow. This was a really great summary. And I hope this was really helpful to people listening. Um, as we're wrapping up, I would just love to talk about intensity and how much to do and yeah. how to know when to move on to the next weight or even how to choose the right intensity. Sometimes I use intensity, sometimes I use weight because it depends on the exercise. But let's start with if someone is new to lifting and they're also climbing, how many times a week should they be considering um, strength training? Yeah, for uh, most people, one to two times a week is good enough. I was, I would say as a beginner, you want to try to shoot for more like two times a week because you will be sore more often if you're uh, doing it once a week. Um, eventually, that won't be the case. Um, as you become more of an intermediate climber and lifter, uh, you won't feel as sore doing these once a week. Um, so I do like twice a week, but you know what? If you can only do it once a week, that's okay. Um, and in terms of like reps and sets, uh, a really good entry point. Again, you're trying to learn the movement. So you don't need to go for um, the standard 
like strength protocol, which is like three to five reps. If you're a beginner, I would say go up toward the higher numbers so that you're practicing the movement over and over and over again. And you're going to get strong that way. Uh, and what we're looking for is about two to three sets of maybe eight to 10 reps. And the intensity that we're trying to go for um, is for any of these is that you're you're going very close to failure, like you're kind of brushing that edge. Um, and this is going to take time for you to understand in your body what that edge is. Um, each movement is going to feel different and what that edge feels like. Um, but I do encourage people to go to failure in safe conditions so you understand what that is. And then you back up from that. So let's say you fail at 12 repetitions. What we're going for is uh, two to three reps before you fail. So that's generally where we're we're trying to, that's the intensity we're going for. And again, that's like tough to, to know in your body, but um, yeah. it should feel hard by the end of it. You should maybe be shaking. Um, you might be breathing hard, maybe not breathing at all. Um, the key thing, though, is that we're talking about technical failure and not muscle failure. Uh, technical failure is where your uh, the pattern starts to change because you're fatiguing, and we don't we want to stop before that. Okay, so yeah, uh, yeah, one that's exception. an important factor. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Can I give one example with a pull-up? You know, people mm -hmm. start kipping. People start yes. kipping when they do their pull-up, and that's a technical failure because, you know, now you change the form of your pull-up um, mm -hmm. because you can't pull anymore. Yeah. Um, is that yeah. an example? That's an okay example. It's a, you can actually maybe still do a kipping pull-up without mm -hmm. changing the I see, shape I see. Yeah, of yeah, your yeah. upper okay, body. I'm glad I you. Yeah, like a kipping pull-up would almost be a, almost like an assisted power mm -hmm. pull-up. You know, mm -hmm. like we do use kipping pull-ups to ge generate power. But if you notice that if you're doing strict pull-ups and all of a sudden now you're starting to kip. That's okay. what I mean. Like, yeah. Oh yeah, that's okay. what I meant. Yeah, you yeah. started with like a, you know, um, kind of tension pull-up where your core is yes. tensioned and yeah. then you start kipping, which just means you're compensating yeah. for the actual movement. No, that's what yeah. I meant. I know a kipping yeah. pull-up is a separate exercise too, but now you've really yeah. changed your form, but you're still able to do the exercise. Yeah. And that's what we would consider a technical failure, even though you can still do it. You just change yeah. the exercise. Yeah. Um, what what I would mm -hmm. normally see in a pull-up, people failing is just to change in shoulder position. Mm -hmm. So if you're doing pull-ups, your, your shoulders are set, and then all of a sudden your shoulders start to rise. That would mm -hmm. actually be the first indication, like, okay, you should just stop. Yeah. Shoulders to your ears. If you feel like your shoulders yeah. are coming to your ears. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's always yeah. harder to feel that if you're not recording mm -hmm. yourself. Um, yeah, it is. And again, it's a, you know, it's, you know, it's a matter of learning how to do it all is. these. Yeah. But uh, what I wanted to say too, uh, kind of to clarify. So when Mercedes said repetition, so in strength training, we think of sets and reps, like reps is how many times you can do something in a row. So in the case of a pull-up, you know, what Mercedes prescribed is let's say eight to 12 reps or eight to 10 reps. That means try to find a variation of the pull-up that or the row that you can do eight to 10 times in a row without taking breaks, right? That's what you mean. And should be really mm -hmm. challenging at the end. Mm -hmm. And then 
you do that eight to 10 times and how long should people rest for before they start another round? So another round would be another set. Mm-hmm. So the eight to 10 rows, repetitions in you know one row, that is one set. Usually we do three sets of that. And how, mm-hmm. how much rest should people take in between? Um, as a beginner, I would say at least 60 seconds. Mm-hmm. Set a timer and check in with yourself at 60 seconds. Um, you can rest longer. That's okay. Um, if you notice that you start the second set and you're only getting halfway through the repetitions, so if you're supposed to do 10 and you only get to five, then you know either you didn't rest long enough or the weight is too heavy and then you have to drop mm-hmm. the weight. Mm-hmm. Um, and some modifications of that, I'm okay with this, uh, where if you can only do five, that's okay. Take a little mini break and then finish out the repetitions. So that's one way you can continue the repetitions. Make sure you're not going to technical failure. Um, and then, or you just change the weight out halfway through the set. That's okay. Yeah. You're allowed yeah. to do that. You know? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Don't feel locked into your weight. Like if it's there, doesn't mean you have to use it. Yeah, I love yeah. that. Absolutely. I think people sometimes think they have to do three sets at the same weight. Yeah. And you really don't have to do it. Again, we just want to try to challenge our body. Similarly, Mercedes suggested at the beginning, if you knew the strength training, to use eight to 10 reps. And that also means you have to choose a difficulty of the exercise that allows you to do eight to 10 reps. Because if you then have, if for some reason you change up your regime and now you're only doing three to five reps, that implies if you're only doing three to five reps, that exercise should now be more challenging. Mm-hmm. So the challenge changes with how many reps you do because we are aiming to, you know, um, kind of like expand the limits of our bodies. We're trying to get close to the limits what our, body, what our bodies can do. Yeah. So if you do fewer reps, you have to make it more challenging. If you want to do more reps, then decrease the challenge of the exercise. Yeah. As the general rule of thumb. Yeah. Awesome. Um, wow. That was a packed, packed episode. Is there anything else you want to add? Well, to- I guess uh, I consider the first set a warm up. So go mm-hmm. light. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's also a common mistake is that people go mm-hmm. too heavy on that first set. Just know, like, okay, as long as by the third set you're getting very challenged you're doing a good job, you know, and, and you'll start to understand how much weight you'll need by four weeks. If you're doing the same workouts for four weeks, by that fourth week, you're going to know so much more about how much to, how much to lift, what intensity you're going for. Your technique is going to be better. Uh, so just stick with it um, and go slowly, you know, progress slowly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And for anybody who has questions, the best way to ask us questions that are related to the podcast is actually to use the comment section at YouTube. So if you watch this at YouTube or on YouTube, that is, you know, feel free to drop a comment with any question you might have. And if you're watching this on any other platform, maybe you can hop over to YouTube and leave a comment there with your question. Um, The reason for that is it's it's just a really nice, concise way to tie it all together and other people can read your questions and they can read our responses versus if you message us privately, other people would not learn from your question and our response. So we kindly ask you to hop over to YouTube and ask your questions there. And yeah, thank you for listening. And it's so great to talk to you. I always learn something when I talk to you, Mercedes. Yeah, these are fun. I love it. Yeah.
Thank All you. Right. Okay. Thanks. Everybody have a good day and All we'll right. hear you next week. All right. Bye. Bye. Before you go, let me tell you about our new webinar, The Ultimate Guide to Your First Training Program. Coach Katya and I are putting together our best tips and strategies and sharing them in this 90-minute webinar. You'll also receive a template training program to help you design your own program and a bonus group Q&A with us so that you can troubleshoot your own program. We'll go over topics such as how to warm up, what to put into your program design that includes what drills and exercises, how to do those drills and exercises, and when you should do them. We'll also help you with how to approach your first week of training. So if you're new to training and feel lost about how to create a program, or if you are training and it's not quite working or you don't really know if you're doing the right thing, you should totally come join us. We're here to help. This webinar is only $19. So hit the link in the description to sign up.